Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. I'm your host, Phil, joined as always by Terry in Minnesota with me and Bob in Virginia. We are three distinct voices bringing varied perspectives on the church and the world into the conversation. We want you to join in the conversation. You can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics and leaving a message there. You may also email us at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Please remember to rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share with one person. We used to gather around a table at Caribou Coffee. It's a coffee house in Minnesota in the Midwest. But now we gather virtually in hopes that these conversations will be a light for you as they are for us. Now, let us begin this week's conversation. Welcome to episode 26 of the Strange Catholics podcast. This show is a special show because we have a special guest. Father Tom Skaya is joining us today for episode 26. Now to begin with opening prayer, we'll turn it over to Terry. Thank you, Phil. Good evening, brothers, and good evening to our very special guest, Father Tom Skaya. Good to have you on the podcast, Father. Yeah, really great to be here. Well, let's all begin, gentlemen, with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the blessings you bestow in our lives. We thank you for uh, these men who share this journey with me each and every week. We thank you for our special guest, Father Tom, who's sharing his love and his his perspective on his ministry. And we thank you for the gift of his presence here. Holy Spirit, come down upon us. Guide our conversation. Be with us and help us form the words that you want us to give to those listening to the podcast at this moment. And we pray all these things through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Over to you, Phil. Well, welcome, brothers. Welcome, Father. I'm, thanks for being on the program today. I, I'm looking at uh, the Father's face, and it just shows regret. Maybe this was just not the right idea. <laughs> trust us. Trust us. We'll be, we'll be gentle with you. Okay? Because this is all about getting the message of God out there and also fun. We're having fun. So I just want to bring up a quick quick topic in the first segment and then we'll move on to our special guest um, today the the president did sign a couple of executive orders that were pro pro-abortion um, overturning a couple things from the previous administration I think one was the Phil was it the Mexico City it's called the Mexico City um, exemption or whatever that's called or you know that was about I think it's uh, international aid to countries and organizations that may support um, abortions, that type of thing. Yep. And, and then there was another there was another executive order he signed. So so these things are are not good. I mean, we're not in favor of these things. But he also signed a bill and he signed some things that have been positive in regards to ex- executive orders. I'm not an executive order guy. I think we have a legislative process and I think presidents have been signing too many executive orders, no matter what party. The problem I have is 
we're getting into this cycle of we get red presidents and they put in a whole bunch of things. And then a couple of years later, we get blue presidents and they turn them all over again and do something different. And as I've been talking on this podcast, if we talked about over the last few weeks from the the uh, insurrection at the Capitol, the all the stuff that happened in Minneapolis, Portland, Seattle and other places with civil disturbances over the last year and the stuff that we've experienced and some of the polarizing nature of the last administration that, you know, it's time for us all as Christians or as people of God, Jews, Christians, Muslims, whatever, to kind of come together in this country as Americans, as a United States. And and I just see today as being divisive and just pandering to an extreme left wing portion of of the Democratic Party by doing this stuff. And I just, I just, I'm just so sad that abortion can be such a this or that kind of thing between the red and the blue. And we can't come together in, in some commonality about how sacred life is, at least some basic tenets about that. So I know it's pretty heavy, but I just, I saw that tonight and it's just like, you know. You know, I just, I just can't be in favor of that. I'm not in favor of that. And, and it's just painful that the president would do that. I, it just doesn't show to me that he's trying to bring everybody together. There's other things he's done that has been that way, but the, those actions were not that way. As a man who, who aligns himself with the Catholic faith to do something that the Catholic Church has so ardently come out against is very distressing to me as uh, not only... Uh, an ordained minister of the church, but also just a, a faithful Catholic. So, you know, uh, Relevant Radio is sponsoring uh, Fast for Life tomorrow. This will be way after, but we can do that in any day. We can we can take up a day or a week, or as we're getting closer to Lent, we'll talk more about fasting. But we can set aside a small sacrifice and offer that up because clearly we need some greater reconciliation in our country. Um, the dignity of life is, as Archbishop Gomez uh, stated in his statement to the president on Inauguration Day, is is still our preeminent priority. It's not our only priority, but it's our preeminent priority. So we, we need to recognize each and every life as sacred and made in the image and likeness of God. So, yes, I agree, Bob, this is one of those divisive things, um, but we can pray, we can fast and continue to raise our voices in encouragement of those those that are still silent in the womb. I am not way to the right on this. I am absolutely anti-abortion. It is wrong. It is killing. But but I'm also somebody, and Phil, you know this, we've had these debates. I am somebody that looks at the pro-choice movement as not a pro-death movement, but as a as as they view it in a different context and i and i view it not as a war against us against them because that will never be won by either side and what i'm looking for is always trying to get some sort of common ground and start there and then move forward right with effective you know anti-abortion legislation that we've talked about before that makes common sense and then moving yep. ourselves towards you know a common sense position and getting everybody on board at some point that says, you know, all life is sacred. Right. So, um, but this type of action just makes the right say it's a war 
you know what, when we get back in office, we're going to do this. I mean, so I, neither party is endearing themselves to this. Um, and I just don't see where we're going to get any solution. So, um, but I, I'll pray, I'll pray for everybody and, and I'll do the best I can. Yeah. What gets me is, uh, yeah, I've only been a priest for seven months or whatever, but like, um, it's kind of like, it's, there's like this temptation to want to like, just keep talk about abortion as if it's just like this, you know, um, what do you call it? Like some far off distant thing or whatever, but like, um, I don't know, man, being a priest for a couple months now, like you just get to see like the, the effects that it has on, you know, the, not only the children, but the women, the men. And it's just like, like some, like there's, I think project Rachel's this movement that like helps women, men and women heal from this stuff. But it's just like, sometimes they'll carry this burden for like 40, 50 years of like this experience of guilt. And I'm just like, so I really, when I preached on this, I just talked about that healing touch of Christ. Like it's Christ who's like, man, like he's the divine physician. And uh, I just think people will just forget that like, this is a, this is brutal on people. Golly. I have a daughter who is pro-choice, right? She was raised in the church and, and I dare say she's pro-choice. I don't know if she's actually said that, but, but I believe she is probably pro-choice, but, but she's not pro-abortion. See? She's pro, I should have control over like healthcare reproductive decisions, right? So you can't approach it by saying, okay, well, you want to murder this and they'll just shut you off, you know? So you gotta, it's gotta be a discussion. We don't even have the same common frame of reference. One side is talking about it being a murder of an innocent life. And it is. The other side is saying, well, you know what? It's it's a rights issue. Nobody can tell me how to do, you know, so it's we have to kind of get on the same plane on this discussion. And that's what I'm trying to trying to get with all sides. That's a fascinating point, too, because it's just like when it comes down to it, like like really the arguments, it comes down to like a philosophical thing, like the, the terms are different, like the definitions are different. Like like I just like golly to get people on the same page that's a huge deal i don't know man sure so it's spoken like a guy who's got a de- undergraduate degree in philosophy well yeah but yeah it's just like it's just so easy to talk past each other it's just crazy right. and it's just like golly golly is a deep philosophical term so <laughs> <laughs> i remember that from class our special guest tonight is father tom skaya um he is parochial vicar, the churches of St. Joe in Way Park and St. Michael's Church in St. Cloud. Uh, the two other churches of the area Catholic community that I am employed by. So Father Tom and I uh, have opportunities to communicate back and forth. Father Tom is uh, a recently ordained priest as of June of 2020. We just made clear that it's St. Cloud, Minnesota, in that diocese, and not like St. Cloud, Florida, or somewhere else. So, or just Saint for Cloud, people Wisconsin, yeah, outside yeah. of Minnesota, right? Yeah. Well, so first off, it's an honor to be here today because uh, you mentioned this is you know the first guest, so that's cool. It's also my first podcast, so this is just a blast all around. Like, um, yeah. So, so yeah, like Deacon uh, Deacon Terry mentioned, I was just ordained. Um, yeah, June 6th of this year, right in the midst of midst of everything. And uh, 
man, for a while we weren't sure when the if the ordination was even going to happen, and and uh, and then it event and then two weeks beforehand the bishops like let's do it, and that was awesome, and it's just been cool being a priest, y'all. But uh, but yeah, I grew up just north of St. Cloud uh, in the Gilman area. I'm a farm kid, and and yeah, it's just it's been good. Um, maybe like a 20 second summary of my vocation story. Um, I felt yeah, the call to the priesthood when I was a kid, maybe, I don't know, probably like second grade or something like that. Just like a, like a whisper. And then like throughout my life, just kind of that, I'd say that whisper kept getting stronger and stronger. And then all of a sudden, just like, I just got to do this. So I met up with a vocations director. I was accepted as a seminary in my senior year of high school and, and, uh, jumped in right, right after that. And it's been awesome. And actually fun fact, I was ordained a deacon with Deacon Phil, so that was really cool. What was yeah. that, Phoenix? Yes, yes. And it, and it didn't even yeah. scar him for life. That. <laughs> yeah, so that was really, really cool. God, that was a huge that was a huge moment. So it's good to, good to reunite Deacon Phil. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Father. Do you come from a large family? No, really pretty small family. I have one younger brother and... Uh, we were two years apart, birthday on the same day, which is kind of cool. And uh, but yeah, he's he's doing well. He's he's an electrician, and and uh, which is cool because if you, you ever have rectory problems, I know a guy. You know, I guess it's cool. <laughs> right. So you, so you said that the whisper started early on, like nine or ten years old. Uh, what was your upbringing? You know, in the Catholic Church and and the stuff that we were involved in. And, that you think that that just helped reinforce that that whisper became louder and just speak about that a little bit. Yeah, it's, I'd say that's pretty pretty accurate. And my my uh, yeah, we we're always really you know good Catholic family, just you know small, but like always went to church and stuff every Sunday. And um, I I don't remember missing mass. I mean, it's just like for for me, the idea of missing mass is just just very foreign to me. Like, and I uh, I'm not trying to make myself sound you know better holier than thou or whatever but it's just like just very blessed that um very much a priority the faith and um the other thing too the role of silence in my life because being on a farm like you're you're you know you're always you don't you don't have access to the internet when you're in the middle of a cornfield picking rocks you know like so it's just kind of like i'd say that helped too just to be able to um soak up the silence and because i don't know i think there's a lot of young men probably being called but just not hearing it father tom how did you get involved with hispanic ministry um basically it was just the call from the bishop to say go for it you know and uh but otherwise like yeah prior to that like i took three years of spanish in high school and so that was helpful but then i didn't really use it until i'm not yeah i mean it's been eight years or something we did take a trip to Mexico in the seminary and for spent eight weeks down there. And that was really helpful too. I'm nowhere near fluent. So I don't want to like pretend, you know, I'm just, I'm a big gringo trying his best, but the people are awesome. So beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. What would Father Tom, what would you say would be the, what stands out for you in your ministry with the Hispanic community as it's been really <laughs> humbling just be, like i said because i'm i'm nowhere near fluent but the people are just so appreciative to have a guy who's willing to you know just to try you know and i i'm just really um yeah really edified by their um by their love for priests it's very humbling to to be there for them and stuff and and uh yeah yeah i, I don't know i don't know if that answers the question or not but sure sure 
what have you what have you found since you got ordained as uh, being something that may be easier than you expected it to be or something that's harder than you expected it to be because you know I envision I'm not ordained but I, I was commissioned um, in the military so it, it's a, it's a similar you know you kind of go through with a group of people for a couple of years and you're doing all this stuff and you're preparing for things and you're like yeah, we never think that's going to happen, right? You're never really sure you're going to get ordained, but you know you're going to because you're working towards it. And the next thing you know, you do and you walk out and they go, hey, Father, and you're like, well, I, I'm like doing this now. And then you figure out and then you get thrown into the fire, right? And mm-hmm. so what have you found to be some of those challenges? Like, you know, mass is a lot more difficult than you thought it would be, even though you practiced it all those times. What, 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 do you, what have you found? And, and the stuff that's not, not as hard as you thought it would be. Yeah. Well, I'll just I'll just say that the uh, that the Holy Spirit is always always a person of the Trinity that is just just always comes through for you whenever you call upon Him. And it's just it's, I'd say like especially in the confessional. And uh, you know, obviously, I'm not going to say anything. This is very general. Let me just be those moments where you feel totally speechless. And then all of a sudden, like you just feel this little nudge, you say it. And then it's just, it's just like, whoa, like that was the right thing to say. That wasn't for me. You know, like Pope Benedict XVI, you know, reflected on at one point is he'd say like that the priesthood is rooted in this one phrase where Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. And it's just, I've, there's just been so many of these moments where you're like, like without without the Lord, like, like in that, like in that nothingness, like he just comes through and it's awesome. Like, go. Um, so like, I'd say almost everything I do, I feel green and unprepared and stuff, but it's like I said, like the Lord comes through and all of a sudden you'll think of something you learned in the seminary. You're like, Whoa, like, I don't know. It's cool. (laughs) So one of the things, father Tom, that I have heard from people, you know, yeah, I, I, thought about the priesthood but i can't get past the whole celibacy thing how as a priest in a nutshell how do you get past the whole commitment to celibacy (laughs) um yeah i well i think well part of it too is just like you know why why do you why does a guy spend eight years in the seminary you know and i think part of part of that is, is just like to continually you know hear that from the Lord in prayer. Cause like celibacy is not a call that, uh, you know, you can just kind of like grab, you know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and like, all right, I'm going to do this now. You know, like it's definitely a charism of the Lord. And like, there's that whole passage in the gospel where he's talking about the eunuchs and stuff for the kingdom of God, you know? And yeah, I mean, I just like, it's just a lot of prayer and like, like you pray with everything. You're just like, you know, you pray with the beauty of marriage, that marriage is beautiful. You know, it's not like, it's just like, we're like, well, yeah, this doesn't seem as cool as I thought it would. So I'm going to try out sell, you know, like, it's just like marriage is beautiful, but I still feel this call to like, go for it. Like, like, uh, and then the other thing too, like, there's a lot of different, like, you know, ends of celibacy or whatever that. And I think people always think about the, the practicality of being a celibate, like that I can drop anything at any moment and go do something or whatever. You know, like I, I'm not, I don't have a family I'm taking care of. But like at the same time, like while that's like a maybe a benefit or whatever, that's not why I'm celibate. You know, I'm not celibate because it's practical. And I think people kind of get stuck on that. 
thing too. It's not. It's not like you. It's not like you guys marry your wives because it's the practical choice. You know, like it's it's out of love. You know, and uh, who would who oh, talked about no this? Choice, yeah. <laughs> 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 like this whole undivided heart thing, where where I was mm-hmm. I always thought that yeah, if you if you're a celibate, you have an undivided heart to serve the people. You know, like to serve and to do. But like that's a very divided heart. You know, but like if if you have an undivided heart for God alone and then what flows from that relationship is everything you do, you know? So it's love, man. So I'm a fan, big fan. <laughs> I'm a big fan of marriage too. But like, like I said, like, like, so other than picking rocks in the field, what were some other areas that helped you hear that call, especially in high school when there can be so many distractions? I know I it was in, I don't know if it was in the bio that was sent to us, but I, another bio where you were looking at um, some other, uh, healthcare and maybe law enforcement as other options. So what kind of um, helped you kind of continue to steer towards that call? How, what helped you hear that even amidst all that noise? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I'd say just too, from a moment where when I was a little kid, just like having this, this desire to want to help people and stuff like that. And like, um, I love science and stuff like that. And I, so like the healthcare stuff seemed really cool. And then uh, with the law enforcement thing, that was in ninth grade, we had a, uh, a career day and this this canine officer came in with his german shepherd big fan of dogs and stuff and he's doing all this stuff with his dog and i'm like this is so cool like i, I could totally see but then I, but then again like you just take it to prayer like could i see myself doing canine stuff you know it's like nope <laughs> <laughs> so, so part of it's just like you're making you're making like choices but at the same time like the lord always like I don't know. It's just cool, like how certain gifts just lead you in a certain direction and stuff. And yeah, I mean, some people have these really cool stories where they're like, like they've, you know, like Saint, like a Saint Paul type of conversion, you know. But uh, but yeah, I'd say mine is more like a Saint Peter's, where it's just like, like I'm in, and then like you, then you like you go backward, then you go forward, like. But like you, it wasn't like a big moment for me with the helping yeah. people thing. Like at the end of the day, like like how the Lord will use those good desires that we have and just light them on fire for something like deeper, you know, like for his plans and stuff like that. And um, I always think too of um, like, what if the Lord were to reveal to you everything that you would do in your life, how that would just scare us away. Like, you know, like, but he just baby steps. And then all of a sudden you're like, boom, in one day at a time. And you seem like you were pretty firm through your time in the uh, in the seminary, did you ever did you ever waver at all or anything, or did you know think that you could go to some of these other careers that you were interested in, or you were just pretty laser focused, and God was telling you through prayer, "This is what I got to do." Um, laser focus? No, girl, no, definitely not. I mean, that's let's a, see. That's something I use on here, laser focused, like that. yeah. I mean, I mean, that's always kind of the thought, you know, where it's just like. I'm pretty sure this is where the Lord's calling me, but like, I didn't have certainty of my vocation until I was laying flat on the granite, you know, a couple months ago. Right. And I'm like, okay, this is it finally. Cause like, um, there's this, I don't know if you guys are, uh, too familiar with, uh, St. John Henry Newman, you know, he's one of my faves and he's got this poem called lead kindly light. And, uh, and back to the baby steps thing where he's like, I do not ask to see the distant scene, but one step's enough for me. Like that to me is kind of like how I would describe it, where it's like, like, I didn't, I didn't know I was going to be a priest until like, like later on, but like, I mean, you have this moral cert- certitude or whatever, 
like for me i just like i just kept taking it one day at a time and like go and like you bring up the whole humanity thing like that priests are human um for me it's for me the thing that always brings me back is just going home to the farm because priests get a you know a day away usually so i usually scoot home and being able to like you know clean clean the manure out of the steer pen is just something that totally brings you back to reality every time (laughs) (laughs) um but like i think sometimes people forget that about priests right they're just they struggle with the same things everybody else does because they're human right i mean and i think sometimes people forget that so um and i'd say it's too something something really helpful is always just good friendships you know there was a there was a priest one time who was giving us a talk where he's like, he said, good friends will keep you out of treatment, you know, and it's not saying treatment's bad or anything like that. But like when you have really good friends and like you're, you know, you're able to really express, you know, to each other, just like, go, there's just there's just something about good friends. And it's cool. Like I can totally see that with you three. Like it's just there's something about a friendship that's just awesome. So and I'd even say that's been a weird transition from being a, you know, seminarian where it's like it's like because like in one day all of a sudden you know you walk in a normal dude you know and you're a transitional deacon and it's cool and stuff but then all of a sudden you're offering mass and hearing confessions and you know it's just like what you know so it's like i think priests have to remember who they are too that like at the end of the day like um just to breathe and to know you're a child of god and you need his mercy just like everyone else does you know Mm -hmm. so what's the future i mean do you think you're gonna get your own parish it's fun hearing <laughs> stories about the old days where, where guys would uh it'd be you know associate pastors for 10 12 years hey. and now, now it's like a year, right <laughs> it's like it's like you're praying for three years because <laughs> like yeah i'm you know i'm not like a kid but i'm certainly not like an experienced you know right <laughs> right so I, I think the problem is because of the lack of priests across the diocese you know you get about a year maybe you get two years and then sometimes you know some guys get longer but then they go well we think we'll give them another year and then you're like oh I, i'm not even i'm not good enough that must be what it is oh my gosh what am i doing wrong so um, but 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 that's that's a really that's a really good insight because like of just bringing back that whole daily prayer thing um, have you guys ever discussed um, the acronym RIM on your show before? R-I-M? So no. this this was something that's totally, totally was hel- helpful for me. Where it's like, um, it stands for Relationship, Identity, Mission. And it's got to be in that order, you know? Because it's like you get your identity based off of your relationship with the Lord, you know? And then from from that, then you do your mission, you know? And, like, I think that's the key because otherwise you're constantly, like, looking around and you're thinking, like, like we mix it up. We go M-I-R. We get our identity from our job and then pretty soon our relationship with God is messed up and stuff like that. And it's just, like, like when you know what you're about, you know, and I don't know if this is related, but, like, for me, like, then you're not even worried about your assignment because you're just, like, yeah, I'm good. Like, like well, Lord will, the Lord will tell me. like. So I want to ask. Because we talked a lot about the human side, what does Father Tom like to do for fun, for leisure? Fun? Dude, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, What's well, that, huh? I mentioned the one thing. I love I love heading up to the farm and just doing stuff around the farm. It's just a blast. And uh, I don't know if you'd call that a hobby, but 
it's fun because then as soon as the work gets really tough, then I got to get back to church. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm trying to get this thing where I'm doing something different every season, you know? So like in the fall, I spent a lot of time in the deer stand with my bow. Um, so that was awesome. Been doing some snowmobiling lately and just trying to like soak up this whole winter thing. Um, so that's been fun. I'm also trying to learn some musical instruments. I don't know if you guys played music or not, but it's always been a desire of mine. I listen to it. That's about a hit. But then just, just it's just like I love playing cards too, and it's just yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe I have too much fun. Maybe that, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> also the woodworking, I absolutely love it, and it's been kind of fun. Like especially there's some good retired priests in the area that are into woodworking, and it's fun to just hang out with them and and just learn stuff and. Very cool. I gotta ask, how did deer hunting go? I got a I got a decent eight pointer actually, which was nice. kind of cool. So um, that was that was it was crazy because that was the day it was seventy degrees in November and it was just crazy. But yeah. wow, wonderful, wonderful. That's yeah. awesome. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Saint Hubert came through. I give Father you a chance to you know you can out a ministry you're doing you can you can you know make a statement whatever you want to do we'll just give you whatever time you want to hear before we move on whatever you have to say gotcha well gall you know what i would just i would just ask basically uh well first off to thank you guys for having me on because this, this has been really cool and like i said i've, I've been looking at i've been listening to podcasts for years but like it's fun to actually fun to be on one or whatever but um maybe maybe to just ask uh yeah just ask for prayers because uh like that's that's something I think um, priests always appreciate is just to say like that like to know we're not alone and and uh, and yeah know my prayers for you guys as well but um, yeah and I know your guys' audience is growing but like let's just keep praying for priests you know not just me but yeah Amen. so thank you <laughs> yes let's take a short break before we go into the uh, Saint Spotlight we'll be back right after this all right we're back and the one and only. Terry Jancic is up with St. Blaise. Hit it out of the park, Terry. Well, thank you, Bob. I will do my best, as always. So St. Blaise really is one of those unique saints where we don't have a lot of written history on St. Blaise, only because he lives so early. A lot of it is more legend and uh, kind of stories than it is actual fact. One of the resources that I said, you know, it just basically stated much of the life of St. Blaise is history that is passed into legend, but even these legendary accounts offer spiritual insight. So his feast day is February the 3rd. He is the patron saint of throat illnesses, animals, tailors, wool combers, wool trading, and veterinarians, and is recognized as one of the 14 Holy Helpers. St. Blaise, also uh, in Latin, Blasius, also called Blaise, was born in Sebastia, Cappadocia, of Asia Minor, now known as Sivas, Turkey. St. Blaise is believed to begin as a healer, then eventually became a physician of souls. Blaise was a hardworking bishop dedicated to encouraging the spiritual and physical health of his people in Sebastian, uh, Armenia. It is also said that Blaise was renowned, uh, was a renowned wood wonder worker, effecting miraculous cures. 
this would have been enough to attract attention, but he also was not adverse to calling out Roman officials who ruled in the region in which he lived, Cappadocia, for their tyranny and intolerance of Christian faith and Christian practice. This combination of reputation for supernatural power and the courage of his convictions was not welcomed by Rome, and the governor ordered Bishop Blaise to be arrested. Even though at that time, the Edict of Toleration, which granted freedom of worship in the Roman Empire, had been signed five years prior to this, there were still religious persecutions that still raged on in the country, but Blaise, St. Blaise was able to elude capture and took refuge in the wilderness. It was here in the caves of Cappadocia that his ministry and his mission continued. In those caves, he lived as a hermit in solitude and prayer, but he made friends with the wild animals. One day, a group of hunters seeking wild animals for the amphitheater stumbled upon Blaze's cave. They were first surprised, and then they were frightened. The bishop was kneeling in prayer, surrounded by patiently waiting wolves, lions, and bears. Now, the legend has it that as the hunters hauled Blaze off to prison, a distraught mother whose only child was choking on a fishbone threw herself at his feet and implored his intercession. Touched at her grief, he offered up his prayers and the child was cured. Consequently, St. Blaise is invoked for protection against injuries and illnesses of the throat. In another tale, Blaise was being led to prison in Sebasti, and on his way home came across a poor old woman whose pig had been stolen by a wolf. Blaze himself commanded the wolf to return the pig, which it did, alive and uninjured, to the amazement of all. When he reached the Bastille, the woman came to him and brought him two fine wax candles in an attempt to dispel the gloom and darkness of his cell. In the Middle Ages, Blaze became quite popular and his legend as a beast tamer spread. He was then referred to as the Saint of the Wild Beast. Agricolus, governor of Cappadocia, try to say that name 10 times fast, guys, tried to persuade Blaze to sacrifice to pagan idols. The first time Blaze refused, he was thrown into a lake to drown. Blaze stood on the surface of the lake and invited his persecutors to walk out and prove the power of their gods. Well, consequently, the persecutors drowned and Blaze remained alive. When he returned to land, he was beaten. Then he was suspended from a tree and his flesh was torn with iron combs or rakes. Finally, Blaze was beheaded and he died in 316 AD. One of the reflections that I came across about St. Blaise was four centuries give ample opportunity for fiction to creep in with fact. Who can be sure how accurate Blaise's biographer was? But biographical details are not essential. Blaise is seen as more of an example of power 
to those who give themselves entirely to Jesus. As Jesus told his apostles at the Last Supper, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. And that comes from John chapter 15, verse 7. With faith, we can follow the lead of the church in asking for Blaze's protection. And that, gentlemen, is Bishop and Martyr, St. Blaze. Blaze, pray for pray us. Blaise, for us. Pray for us. Uh, wonderful uh, bio of St. Blaze. Very well done. All right, folks. Come to that part of the show as we wrap up here for another podcast. Please rate us. You know, please go on the podcast platform that you found us on and please rate us. Five stars is the minimum because that's how good we are. And especially this episode when we have this wonderful guest on. I mean, it, it is absolutely a five-star podcast. Please tell your friends, family, coworkers, people on the street to listen to us. I'm sure Father Tom is going to have it in his homily this Sunday and tell everybody to listen to us. Which we thank you very much in advance for that, Father. Um, so please tell people, uh, rate us high and tell people about our podcast. We're available on all podcast platforms. You can find us. Most find us on Apple Podcasts, but we're all over the place. Comments, comments and prayer intentions or questions. We're open to all those things. We love feedback, positive and negative. We're very thick. Well, we're really thin skinned, but we, we say we're thick skinned and we do want that feedback. So please give us that feedback. And you can uh, send that you can send that feedback through the podcast platform or you can email us at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Well, it's come to that part of the show where uh, we're going to do closing prayer. Uh, we ask that you pray for us, that you pray for Father Tom. And, and we've asked Father Tom to do our closing prayer just to kind of encapsulate everything and, and so on. So if you could lead us in closing prayer, we'd appreciate it, Father. Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of life. And we just ask you in a special way uh, to pour out your grace upon us that we might remain in your Son all the days of our life. Uh, and we especially ask this through the intercession of St. Blaise and through the intercession of our, of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, Amen. full of grace, grace. The, Lord the Lord is with thee. With thee. Blessed are thou, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know how that Hail Mary is going to land. I'm not sure. We tried to sink it. That was well done, Father. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thanks for being on the podcast. We really appreciate you coming on. So thanks a lot again, everyone, for listening to us. And until next episode, love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strange Catholics. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and it helps you dive into a deeper reflection and union with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to leave some feedback, please go to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics to leave a voice message, or you may also send us an email at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Links will be in the description. Please share this podcast and this episode with at least one person. 
This will help get the word out and get more people to join into the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to us. This really helps the podcast get traction and help even more people discover the peace, love, and mercy that our Lord offers and is longing to offer each and every one of us. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious day, and may God bless you.